coming up on Just Elders Podcast. Well, so but, the yeah. first ones are your pawns. The first ones are your pawns. And mm-hmm. if you're able to get one of your pawns to the other side of the board, it can change just whatever piece it wants to change into. Mm. So it no longer has to be an orange. You don't have to, because your dad left you and wasn't around to help raise you, you don't have to hold on to that inside you. Because your mom didn't have enough money to send you to a particular school, you don't have to hold on to that. Because you got laid off, because you got fired, because you got divorced, because you got sick, you don't have to hold that. Just you can get change to the that. other side. Just get to the other side mm. and become that thing that you want to be. So that that's why that title, uh, the chapter is entitled "You Are Not an Orange." I like okay. that. I like it. I like I'm about it. to dive into this book. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Just get to the other side, Just brother. Get to the, get other, to the other side. side. To, like to the principles, this is why the pawn represents persistence. Ready, born ready. It is ever dead. I do better win. I feel like the world against me and think I should never win. Can I stop it? Pocket profit every time I push a pin, but I do not push a pin. Yo, it's Wednesday. It's all my kids and my partners and my friends. Fuck the politics. Time for your favorite podcast, your favorite podcast. I got partners coming home. I got a good one for y'all today. Trying to make amends with baby mamas. Get to know it. Yo. And they cannot sell no marijuana. Law won't let them in. Man, the crackers let a nigga out, but will not let us in. It is ever dead. I do better win. I feel like the world against me and think I should never win. Can I stop it? Pocket profit every time I push a pin, but I do not push a pin. Fuck a We're going to do it just like this. What's up, family? You're tuned to Just Other Podcast. Hottest podcast to ever hit the airwaves. I'm super excited. We're about to record the greatest episode we have ever recorded. I say it every time, and I mean it every single time. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Big shout out to all of the gemmers out there. <laughs> What you think, Keith? I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmers. All the gyms. Gym. Shout out to all the gyms. You're a gym. If you listen to the show, you're a gym. If you leave comments, you're a gym. If you are a Patreon, you are a pure gym. <laughs> pure gym. Pure. Like like a purist. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to all the gyms out there. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. VVS. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> VVSI, VVS1. <laughs> I, I used to remember that shit by heart. Boy, when I went to Lipman Jewelers. I used I, to know that shit. Man, I was listening to somebody the other day and a dude was like, I got all VVSs. VVS everything. VVS. I'm yeah. like, that ain't the best that one. Ain't, that's that actually ain't. pretty low on the, uh, <laughs> but it reminds me of this goddamn clip and it was like, how jewelers be when rappers come in there. Oh, so the rapper man. was like, hey, can I get this? Uh, what's the best price you can get me on this one? And the guy was like, um, you know, he was like 500000 He was like, 500000 He said, well, Drake just came in here and uh, he bought it for 600 <laughs> Drake bought this? <laughs> yeah, he bought, he bought this. He bought this. He bought yeah. this. So, he was like, but look, if you ain't stepping like Drake, man, you know, you can, you ain't got it. Like, I, I just know them jewels. Like, so everybody say it. Jewels. Everybody say it. They're like, you know, first thing I got my check, I called the jeweler. I'm like, I ain't gonna lie. Once I worked in Lipman Jewelers, once I worked in Lipman Jewelers, it was once, once I left, it was hard for me to ever buy jewelry again. Bro, especially well, you, you know, know the markup. Yeah, the markup. We used to get costs plus ten percent. That's how much we got to pay Jerry. Yeah. Buy Jerry. Matter of fact, my cousin Troy, yeah. his first, wife first ring. I bought it with my discount. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, KJ was a discount. Like, bro, you see the markup on the markup nine hundred percent. Whatever you're wearing, 
Whatever you're wearing is not hundred percent more than and what I'm they mad can because the kids nowadays wear Cuban Ciccone. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. As a smile. Do you but do you remember when we were coming up Cuban clowns? I remember when niggas could found out they could actually buy diamond testers. Oh. And they start testing folks shit in public. I remember that shit. That was funny. That was that was a hot time and, online. And I remember I used to not like clean I used to be looking out for dudes, so I'm like, all right. Anybody that worked at Stonecrest Mall and you came to me to get your jewelry clean, I used to look at it. And if I said, nah, bro, we can't do that, it was because you were with your shorty. And the reason why I say that, before legally, before we put it in that little cleaner, you know, that little hot mm, stuff yeah, that you have it looking stuff, real shiny, I have to diamond test it. Mm. Yeah, you, and I did not want to test it in front of your girl. Out. Yeah, I, I did yeah. not want to test your girl ring that you bought her <laughs> <laughs> because obviously you didn't tell her this wasn't real. That's funny. So I used to be looking out for dudes. Yeah, you got to. Uh, like literally, we couldn't put it in the water before testing because you, you had to because yeah. if a diamond fell out, it was on y'all. Like, <laughs> bro, we used to do the same. Man, it's so crazy. Yeah, so squirrel. Shout out to all that squirrel moment. Um, we here. All the jewelers. All I'm trying the to figure it out. Nah, they're the gems. They're the gems. So shout out to all the gems. Uh, real shout out to all the gems. I got a couple of text messages that actually bought the album for Transley and Gray. Shout out to all y'all. Special shout out to those that bought it for $100 like I did. That's good. What's up? What's up? All this week we've been talking about music. This week I want to switch it up. Talk about something new. It's two phrases that I hate. Two phrases. Phrase number one. You want to hide it from a nigga? Put it in a book. I hate that phrase. That's my favorite one. <laughs> I know you say over it, but I hate it. Because it's true. It's not true. It's very true, bro. I disagree. But maybe because I'm a reader. Exactly. I just kind of hate, I kind of hate the phrase. Second phrase I hate. Mm-hmm. We're not playing checkers. Oh, now this, I agree. Chess. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you on that. I hate that one. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Like, you, like, you don't even play chess. What? I'm playing checkers. <laughs> because I, me. Because I don't know how to play chess. I can admit. I'm not playing so, nigga, I'm playing checkers. And you're not going to tell me I'm losing. Just because I'm playing checkers. No, nigga, you play checkers too. Why are you saying it to me? <laughs> nigga, we not playing checkers. Oh, I'm talking about niggas use that for everything. Oh my god. I'm talking about niggas. That's like niggas go to when they want to act like when they don't know and they want to deflect. The two number one go to's when they don't know the flat number one is, nigga, I'm playing checkers. I'm playing chess, not checkers. That's the number one deflection. The other deflection is, Google it. Do your own research. Yeah, do your own research. Do your own research. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, that chestnut checkers, that is the funniest. If a nigga can't comprehend it, I'm, I'm, no, I'm playing chess, not checkers. Because they don't know how to play. <laughs> All right. So, so this is going to be a good one for yeah, y'all. Yeah, this going to be a good one because we're going to dispel both of them. Uh, today I got somebody to come into the mic for the first time. Uh, since the first day I met this brother, I have had the utmost respect and love for him because I got to watch who he was, not by necessarily listening to his words or watching his actions. I got to watch his son. And I think 
you know, when you can watch a man's son and see what type of man raised him, your respect for that man goes through the roof. And, uh, Lil Bobby is my dude. <laughs> That's my dude. That's my real chess match. We just ain't sat there. <laughs> That's my dude. Uh, but I met, I watched this man's son, his son with a level of confidence, level of respect, not as much time around his daughter, but the same thing, confidence, respect, deep knowledge of self, um, deep love for black people. I imagine what I would be like if I was born in a conscious black family. I can only imagine what that looks like, but I get to see an example of it when I see his children. Uh, another way you can tell a man, you see the smile on his wife's face. His wife is always That's smiling. A <laughs> That's a big one. His wife is always smiling. And they show love to this community like no other. And that's why the community loves them. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for my big brother, my friend, my mentor. And today, master <laughs> teacher, Respect. Bobby Jackson. Hey, what's up, family? Hey, appreciate you having me here. Bobby! I, I love hanging out with the youngsters. This is cool. <laughs> this is cool. Hey, man. Bobby, first of all, it's good to see you. You Likewise. finally made it. I did, I, it's beautiful. I love the studio. We've been Great. talking about doing this for a long time. We have. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, for real, for real. I'm here. Like, I set up the board <laughs> and everything. Well, you set it up. No, it was, it was good. It was, it was close. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> I set it up like checkers. <laughs> 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 you, put, you put them all on the first two lines. <laughs> um, but nah, man, before we even get into this, you know, I just want to publicly say I'm proud of you. Thank you. Um, when you dropped the book, I immediately I went and bought five. Yep, you did. And um, I was like, I know one is for me, but it's four other people that need this book. Yeah. And I just want to bless them with that. Uh, if I would have had it, I would have bought 500. Um, because I know every word you have ever spoke to me has been a word of love, has been a word of truth, and most important, been a word of wisdom. Mm. And I can only imagine that's what this book is full of. That. You, you nailed it. Thank you. That's good podcast. Thank you. But yeah, man, we're proud of you, man. Thank we're you, proud. Of, and I can Thank imagine you. you've been seeing that love from the community. How, how has it been going? It's been humbling. It is. It, the love is just, it's been an outpouring from every direction, man. I, I could not have, have guessed um, how much love would have been just shown in this direction from doing a book. Um, and I know it's bigger than the book. I get that. Uh, but I'm very appreciative uh, of everybody, young, old, and everybody in between, man. Um, I, that's the only, everybody asks me, what's it been? Humbling. It's, this is the the most humbling experience um, of my life outside of having my children. Wow. Yeah. It, it's, it's um, I told a friend of mine, I'm not going to be so bold as to say I know what childbirth is like. <laughs> my wife did all that heavy lifting. Right. Uh, but this is as close to probably birthing something as I'll ever come. Mm. Mm. So, I, like I can see that. I yeah. like that. I definitely can see that. So, uh -oh. those that don't know, name of the game, chess in real life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we playing chess by chess. I'm sorry. <laughs> that made me laugh. That I hate funny. that. <laughs> so let, let's get into it, man. Before we go into the book and before we even get into all this, yeah. I got yeah. you all set up today. I'm good. Uh, 
Uh, let's just talk about, man, who is Bobby? Where are you from? Like, I know you're here in Atlanta. I don't know if you're from Atlanta. I don't think you are. are I'm you? not. Yeah, I'm not. like, you like one of them, uh, you're what I call a loved transplant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's accurate. Yeah, I'm a love transplant. Like, yeah. I'm not from here, but Atlanta love me like I am. Right. You know what I'm saying? The Grady Babies <laughs> respect you. They they don't try you. I, I get Grady they, Baby respect. They, yeah, they, they don't tell you to shut up when you talk about their politics. <laughs> like, you're a love transplant. Where you from, Bobby? Well, I'm originally from North Carolina. Okay. Um, what but part? I was born in a spot called High Point. So it's uh, High Point. Um, Greensboro, Chap- uh, High Point, Thomasville, Greensboro, that area right there. Yeah. Uh, so for those who are familiar with North Carolina a and I'm not too far from that area. Uh, High Point is one of the, probably the furniture capital of the world. That's what they're kind of noted for. Mm. Um, I moved to Atlanta when I was two. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Oh, you're from Atlanta. This is home. This is, this is yeah, May- from shout out Mays High School. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I can give you Atlanta. Yeah. yeah, yeah you can uh, tell uh, yeah. If, if them Mary, Marietta motherfuckers can claim, right. <laughs> you can claim it. Marietta uh, is two, not Atlanta. Two, two, two years old, that's Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. And you went to school on the hill? I went so. on the hill. That's you know, the, the hill helped raise me, man. That's what I see. I, I ain't know that. You here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. More than yeah. me. Yeah, you're in Atlanta. Way more than me. You're in Atlanta. You're in Atlanta. Yeah, I will. I would. My roots are in North Carolina. You know, my my parents are there. My sister and her husband are there. Most of my aunts and cousins, and so my roots are always going to be North Carolina. But this is home. This yeah. is this how is many home. siblings? It's just me and my sister. And your sister. Shout out to Shalina, Juanita, Michelle, Jackson, Atlas. Yeah, yeah. I gave her a whole she government black. name. Yeah, she black. <laughs> she, she definitely black. Oh, uh, then we got them. <laughs> How was it, uh, growing up, man? Tell me about your upbringing because I, I, I'm asking this because I'm trying to see if there's a parallel of how you father. I really want to get into you and father yeah. and a husband because I see that and that's what I watch you from that perspective. Um, I'll say it this way. Um, growing up in Atlanta was great. Um, come from a two parent household, uh, mm-hmm. which unfortunately I found out with, you know, people I grew up with was very rare. Um, I was one of the rarities in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so much love to Robert and Hattie Jackson. I'm a junior. You know, mm-hmm. everybody knows me as Bobby, but I'm Robert Lewis Jackson Jr. So I'm named after my father. Mm-hmm. Um, and our Where name, Bobby come from? Well, well, you know, Robert, the whole, you know, the Robert. English language. You know, yeah, Robert is short for Bobby. Yeah, you Robert. Know, I never, that's the part of the language. Like, I don't understand like why Richard, Richard is Dick. Dick like, yes. I, William, Bill. I, the English language is goofy. I've never understood that. Never. I've never, I just stopped trying to get it. Robert goes to Rob and then on a quick write of Rob, Rob, that R and Rob turns to a B. And so now it's Rob goes to Bob and then Bob sings out to Bobby and it's the female version is IE, the male version is Y. That's me. Cause the white man says, there so. you go. That's exactly <laughs> at, at, at the end of the day. I misspelled it, but I don't care. You're Bob now. <laughs> You're Bob. <laughs> That's it. That's, That's crazy. Okay. Keep going. Uh, I'm but my name, uh, my father's name means of bright fame shining in battle. So mm. I'm very honored to be named after my father. My father and I um, have had a great relationship since the moment I came through mom's. Um, I, I, I love my mom. I'm a mama's boy. I make no bones about it. Uh, but the older I've gotten and the more I understand manhood and fatherhood and just living in this society as a black man, my father and I have gotten really, really close. Mm. Um, so that's for me in a nutshell, that's what it was like. Right. I'm glad my dad was there uh, with with all his ups, downs, ins and outs, as most black men have. Uh, he was there. What's the greatest lesson your dad ever taught you, whether it was intentionally or unintentional? <sighs> I got two of them. I got two of them that, that run equal distance, and I probably quote one of them at once a day. 
you should never have more friends than you have fingers on one hand. I have a lot of acquaintances, very few friends, mm. very few friends, um, because that means a lot. I, I, I cherish that title. Uh, the other one, which is probably my favorite, is you have 24 hours in a day. That's 12 hours to mind your business and 12 hours to stay out of everybody else's. I like that one. <laughs> uh, that is we need the, 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 the next book. Just need to be daddy lessons. That's going to go viral. Do we hear that? You start hearing that a lot more. I heard uh, it here first. Yes, yeah, right. That's that's a gem for y'all. Wow. So what about? We about to stick on dad for a minute. That's this, cool. This my favorite. Keep love this topic. It's, it's one of my favorite topics too. Uh, Where's the one time you felt like your dad missed the mark? Whoo. We all got that one time we feel like our dad like, dang, you just. You should have put me on. I can tell you what my dad missed the mark for me. Okay, no, I want to hear yours. I'm curious. All right. So my dad has always been an entrepreneur. Yes. He's the reason why I'm an entrepreneur. Like, and I tell people I'm a direct split of my parents, Mm -hmm. two parent home as well. What you love about me is all my mother, my personality, the way I give, the way I care, sense of humor, all mother. Mm-hmm. What you respect is my dad, the drive, the vision, the ambition. Yeah. It's all my dad. Gotcha. And, um, you know, I remember my dad was, uh, he was working, right? He was in Alabama, this, the tar- that tornado that hit, uh, Tuscaloosa back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Like we was out there when it happened. My dad was doing storm disaster wow. recovery. He had like a crew of 50 men. You know what I'm saying? Just out there, just fixing roofs, doing the houses over. And this is like the very beginning where I seen social media kind of taking off. Like okay. I seen like, I started paying attention because I was like, if this social media supposed to be a game, why does Walmart have a social media Twitter? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why is McDonald's tweeting? Like these are real companies. This is about to become a thing. Yeah. And I remember telling my dad, I was like, look, but I went to my cousin Troy. He on this podcast all the time. And I was like, look, let's go to my dad. Let's give him a package. We want to rebrand it. Cause me and Troy always been in this digital marketing, branding, website development. Mm-hmm. So I gave him a package. I was like, you know, do a new logo, set up all your social media, build your website. Me and, uh, me and Jamal set up a whole package. And I think we had said something like eight hundred dollars. Yeah, I know it's real. Said Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, we had said like eight hundred dollars for all of it. Mm-hmm. But when I got on the phone, I got a sense of I, I my dad was getting money. Yeah. So I knew what type of money he was getting in. I was ready to play ball on a higher level. Okay. And I remember I told my dad, I said, he was like, Yeah, so how much we on a three way call. So he was like, yeah, so how much all this going to cost? Because we're going through the thing. And he's busy. He's trying to get out the phone, but he's respecting that I asked him for a meeting. Yeah. So he was like, Good hustle. look, how much, how much, how much this all this going to cost? And Jamal about to say, hey, honey, I said 5000 <laughs> <laughs> So then my cousin just started laughing on the phone. <laughs> I fucking idiot. Why you laughing? <laughs> And my dad said no. He he said no. And I just feel like I remember the first time when I got a client to pay me 5000 Yeah. And it gave me such confidence to go for 10 Yeah. And I remember the first time I got 10 and it was like, oh, okay, I can ask for this shit. Yeah. But if I would have got that five then, mm-hmm. 
bro, my level of confidence would have been through the roof because I done got it and seen it. Okay. Now, to my dad, we talked about it later in life, and he said, well, you didn't come back and you didn't come back. Okay. You're, yeah, like this it must be a parent thing because I'm sitting here going, well, where did he miss? Because as a father, I'm like, nah, he nailed it. Nah, you should have gave him. Cause I seen him waste putting money. Nah, you right. <laughs> I seen him we, we waste do. some on me. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck with nah, I'm talking about. I can get. He could have wasted hundred on you. I I can get that. I should have came back. I can get that. But you got to get. Sometimes you just got to splurge. Because as an adult, uh-huh. I have been asked to waste the money yeah. on my dad. So, so all I'm saying is, did, you, I, give, did you give it to him? Yeah, I, I don't know how to say no to my parents. <laughs> right, right, right. It's easier to say no to my daddy, uh-huh. but I rarely say no to right, him. Right. Now my mom, whatever she has, whatever she, she wants, she just get it. Yeah. So that's my story. I just feel like my dad should have, even if he said no, he should have said no because ask me for the like. Right. It could have been a little bit more. Lesson, in a little more teaching yeah, in it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I can feel it. So I felt like that was a moment, a defining moment that could have shifted things or okay. accelerated. It could have accelerated things. I can respect that. So, uh, um, so now that I understand where you're coming from on that, and, and it's, it is difficult as a parent for me to have this conversation because what I've learned as a parent is you don't know what you don't know. And my um, dad talked about that. I got yeah. a whole episode of me and him talking. See, yeah. Um, I think the one spot that I would kind of look at my dad and go, hmm, I wish I wish that would have turned out a little differently. Um, again, I was raised here, right here in Atlanta, Georgia, Southwest side. So I was East Point College Park area uh, when I was in elementary school. Uh, went to a little school called Brookview Elementary right behind uh, Club Candlewood Apartments on Washington Road. We literally could walk through our apartments and get to school um, and was very excited. Like, because I was in the gifted program then. So we did different things. You'll see about, uh, talk about that in the book. Um, and so we had an old, this was on the precipice, on the cusp of PC, uh, PCs coming out, personal computers. Mm-hmm. So there was this old Commodore 64 that we had with a, the old floppy disk about this Yeah. Way. yeah floppy, it, floppy. Not a floppy floppy. Yeah, right. Slide, not yeah. the 3.5, but the floppy mm-hmm. floppy. Yes. And so. We were there and literally we were at the beginning of the programming age and we were building, making games. I remember making this video game where we had to actually program the physics of shooting cannonballs back and forth. So we had to get the math right. We had to get the, the, we'd learn everything from binary to Pascal to, this is pre C++. So this is like old tech shit. And I'd go home that day excited as hell. Like, man, this is great. I can't believe what we did today. And I tell my dad, like, look what we did. I made, what, sixth grade at this time? And he goes, my dad is a man of few words. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's computer. That, that stuff going to fade. It's going to be a fad. You Go get, you know, concentrate on the real stuff. Computers are going to be a fad. Concentrate on the real stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that's, if I had to say my dad... Swung, swung and missed on one thing. That was it. Hey. And it, and it, and you can't hold it to him because, no, like you said, no. you don't know what you don't know. Right. Yeah. And my yeah. presentation to my dad was leaning heavy on social media. Right. Nobody knew social media. I had an idea, but I didn't know it was going to be this deep. Right. You know what I'm saying? How it was. So I can't blame him for not seeing the future. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Like on the other side of the coin, the one thing that I thought I was going to be mad at him about. 
I told you my dad doesn't talk a lot. He's, he's old school, mm-hmm. you know, was raised as you, you tell you to shut up, you shut up. That's type of thing. I ain't going to tell you more than once type person. Yeah. Uh, my mother's a talker. Yeah. My mama will talk your ear off and she always has. So growing up in this household with a, a very, um, talkative black woman. Yeah. Loquacious. Yes. That's a good word for it. Uh, <laughs> get y'all, get y'all ACT books out. Um, and my dad, a very quiet, so dude, my mom was, well, Robin, and then, 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 and I just, and then, 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 and, and I'm watching my dad and I'm like, now I'm about 14 at this time. So I'm looking like, of course I ain't saying nothing because it's their business, but I'm looking going, you just going to let this woman talk to you like this? Like, and literally to myself, I'm going, man, my dad is a punk. My mom just punks my dad <laughs> until I watched him. Finally, he just looked up and he went, I would not be sitting here this day. He, she'd have killed everybody in the house. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just playing, mom. I'm just playing. He jumped, jumped, jumped. But, we but fine, to your we point, he, he turned around. Stop whatever he was watching on TV and he called her first name, Hattie. This is it. Blah, da, da. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to hear no more about it. And he went right back and never raised his voice. Never really, he never stood up. Mm-hmm. And she looked at him and went, fine. And walked off. And I said, wait, what? That, what? That's how you do it? Best lesson I ever learned. So let me, yeah. um, let me read between the lines on this. Talk. <laughs> Let me tell you a couple of things that I heard when he said that. His daddy was dark skin mm-hmm. and six plus feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right on the nose. Look, y'all light skinned niggas. <laughs> <laughs> y'all gotta lift your Under voice. Five nine. His words, not mine. <laughs> y'all gotta lift y'all voice. I'm just gonna tell you now. If you think every woman they gonna respond like that. <laughs> So you not lifting your voice. I'm telling you now, that nigga did it was a man's man. Oh my goodness. That shit don't be worried for me. Now, I, I, I will say now that that is a, a good concept too. Cause I had that same kind of feeling about my pops. Like mm-hmm. seeing something younger and feeling like, man, you, yeah, like what's, a what's your dad? Like, like, like a sucker, and then keep dad in the pie. What's what's yeah. what's what's your greatest lesson you got from your dad? Well, that right there, just you know, what I'm saying, just do it with love and just you know, do it with calmness. Like yes. everything be going on around them, folks. Everybody, fuss. my dad just be calm. Or like sometimes I'll look and I'm like, damn, you gonna just let them do that? Right. Then you see later on, it comes right back around. He's playing chess, like, not checkers. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> we got a title. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but, and that, and that's, and that's what it is. That's what it is. Now, I, I would say probably the only lesson on my dad's side, you know, maybe he could have, it was like one crucial time we were staying in his apartment, me and my brother. And before we got the apartment, I was not trying to live with my brother mm. at all. We were staying at my dad's house in transition. <clears throat> I just left college. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, he do not need to come with me. He doesn't even have a job. Mm. he's getting unemployment and that unemployment is only going to cover his bills. That mm-hmm. means he's not going to have nothing else. And I just know my brother at the time. So my dad's just forcing it, forcing it, forcing it. Yeah. Ends up moving sure in. enough. And it's sure enough. The rent gets late. And I just remember going to my dad, like, I think it was just like 15, maybe 12, $1,500. And just feeling like, Hey, if I can get that, cause I was just trying to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Hey, get us out of this hole so we ain't got to go into the eviction. You know how that whole process is. Yeah. And he ain't look out. 
And then I had to come back and be like, but bro, you told, you told me that for him because right. we stayed. Didn't look out. And that was one time where I feel like, damn, it just, you know, once you get that one bad eviction on your thing, and especially in Atlanta, mm-hmm. it is so hard to come back up. And I remember paying for that like this years later. Like it's just now getting better, you know, and I always look back in that moment like, damn, my pops couldn't just break me off to a hundred. And it's because of this nigga. Cause I can understand if I was by myself, like if I was by myself, by myself, but like, and my brother's into the pod too. And bro, you know, I love you, but he know, bro, my last straw, I never forget, man. My brother stayed in the house all freaking day and waited till I got home to try to ask, Hey man, what we going to eat? <laughs> Bro, it's eggs in the kitchen, See, cheese was- in the kitchen, sausage <laughs> in the refrigerator, grits, grits in the cabinet. Because I never get this shit. I'm like, bro, you had a whole. And he talking about he ain't want to. He ain't feel like cooking. No, bro, you ain't this shit all day, <laughs> all day. You couldn't make your own eggs and grits. Lost. It was that was done. It was done. And we getting the eviction too. And your daddy ain't help. <laughs> oh, wow. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. So that's one. That was like one of them crucial times. I was just like, damn. And you know, I look back. I see no lesson in it. There was no lesson in that. Like, <laughs> the only lesson I got from that, the only lesson I got from that is that, you know, when my kids get to that point, I'm going to make sure I can help. Like, when, when, it, when it comes, when it comes to the credit, like, like just those uh-huh. type of things. Now, if you did something stupid, I don't know, but right. if it's because I, hey, I told, cause I got older kids, so I told them y'all to stay together and one of your brothers fucked up, I'm going to feel a little awkward. But the thing is, the less you got, also got to get up to is, Sometimes we talked about this too. The part of being a man is when you clear, when you tell your daddy no. No, yeah. Not when you're, not necessarily your mama. When you tell your daddy no, that's when you start becoming a man. And stand on it. Yeah. Because you said no and and I can't go back. And we disagree Mm -hmm. and I'm okay what happens next after that. Yeah. You know, you know, you know what my dad said. Stop hanging with that damn Eldridge. I think I lost the kid. It was something we did in New York. Yeah. Oh, cause I, cause it's dumb. What did y'all do? No, nah, Eldridge called me and said, Hey, you know, they were going to New York to do another business trip. And I was working at a call center at the time, mm-hmm. but we had went before with spending five. So Eldridge called me again and said, Hey, we're going to do it again and to go to New York. Do you have time off? I said, Yeah, I got all the time off. <laughs> Cause I just knew, fuck this job, bro. Like, I do not want to be here. <laughs> and I'm living it with my dad at the time. I'm living oh, with my wow. dad again because it's like I'm transitioning. And I just remember doing that and coming back and not having no job. And my dad was like, "Bro, you, hang with, hang, with you hang with this damn Eldridge." And I was like, "Pops, I'm telling you, it really wasn't Eldridge. Like, I know if I told Eldridge I had to work, he wouldn't even let me go. Right? I literally just." Made my own decision and then just stood on it like, all right, well, this is what we got to do. And, you know, here we are. And that's five that's years. That's being a man. Like, it is. When you start telling your, when you start telling your daddy, nah, because we working on something. You know, like I, I, one thing I know about E, E is LeBron James, so okay. we're going to get a ring. You okay. know what I'm saying? So I just had to tell my dad that. He stood on it. You know what I'm saying? Now he's, you know, you see the setup. It's nice. It is. This is impressive. And Mr. Keefe listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's what's up, man. Um, I know when it comes to a book, mm-hmm. it's phases. Yes. First, you live the book. Mm-hmm. That's the first part of every book, right? Then you start thinking about the book. Conceptualizing. You know what I'm saying? Conceptualizing it. 
Then you start ideating, like kind of writing a little bit. Not necessarily writing, but ah, doodle here, title here. Mm -hmm. Then you actually start scribing, Mm -hmm. start writing, then you edit it, then you publish. Yes. How long you take you to do the book based off that period? If, if based off the definitions that you laid out, um, probably the the actual writing time because I started with a blog. Mm, I, I started mm-hmm. blogging, and a lot of the chapters that you read are the first just clips or from the blog, and then I expounded on that. So the first blog post I remember seeing was January of 2019. Now the concept. I jokingly say this only took me 51 years to finish because this feels like this has been with me all my life. Mm. Like this is, this has literally been a lifelong journey, a lifelong process. Um, but yeah, I will say I was right in that I looked it up. A friend of mine looked it up and to get a book done, most authors take between three to seven years. Mm-hmm. I was right in that realm. I was mm. right in that, that, that wheelhouse. Who introduced you to chess? Your dad? No. Who? Vicky Shear. Vicky Shear. Vicky Shout Shear. out to Vicky Shear. Um, so if you, um, once you read the book, um, the first chapter, it's called Seven Minutes of Magic, and we'll get into that. But Vicky Shear was my um, tag teacher. So in Fulton County, tag was talented and gifted. And so we would have these special classes. they take you out of class, mm-hmm. and, you know, you'd get to go with all these other smart, quote-unquote, smart kids. Um, and y'all would just do different stuff. That's where we started learning with, about the PCs and programming, where everybody else was, you know, maybe doing pre-algebra or something. Um, and then... She came one day. She's a little, little short Jewish woman, probably literally probably about four foot nine. Um, probably the only white woman I saw in that entire school. Uh, my principal was black. All my teachers were black. All the students were black. I think that's the only white woman I saw. Um, and she came in one day and just like them old, the little plastic chess sets you yeah, get from man. Walmart. Yeah. She threw about four of them boxes on the table with the little instructions inside. This is pre Google. I said, well, good luck. Figure it out. And we sat there and figured out and taught ourselves how to play chess. Oh, man. I thought Bob was going to give me a white savior story. <laughs> oh, no. But, I knew what you said. Tag is a little bit of white savior. Can, can I just highlight that? I was in the gifted programs too, okay. and that's how they do. That's how they I, do. This is this is a little bit of it. Nah, but and I thought he was just say this white woman used to drive me home. And she said, "Bobby, I see something." The blind side for chess. The blind side for chess. Right. You're different. <laughs> nah. The, all right. No. Right. He's actually right that that they would send a little white teacher into these mm-hmm. black schools, mm-hmm. and and that was their version of you. We're gonna come save these little save Negroes, mm-hmm. but you gotta be smart enough to be saved. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There, there it is. He nails it. Cause like my, tag listen, my, I wouldn't say. Look, listen, listen, I'm telling you, my, my, my old lady now, she, she hates this concept of gifted and talented. Cause yeah. like, I, yeah. I got kids, right? I tell you, baby girl, you, you, you know, baby girl. Yeah, she, baby girl she's awesome. doing chess, but she's in like all the gifted programs, right? Yeah. And every time I describe something to my old lady, my old lady's always like, well, that's cool, but you mean to tell me like none of the other kids could even just do that? Like, oh, right. she's going to visit college campuses. Yeah. Yeah, all kids in seventh grade should see a college campus. Why is it only those kids that get to see it? And then yep. when you're black, that's like that first test of, are you going to take this special Negro chip? You know, cause like you get, you get treated like a special Negro. Bro, I got all the way up to governor's honors yeah. in, in Georgia. Yeah. I was in that meeting with a bunch of white kids all over high school 
I'm like the only black kid in there. And it's like, you, you're a special one. You yep. made it here. And then, you know, you can go on your way and be just like Tim Scott. Like it, it for real, like it's, it's a, it's a path line. God, I hope not Tim Scott. I'm just saying it's a path no, line. That's, that's just, you know, this is how they get you. That's yeah, get you. I remember, um, I, I used to have, I had one gifted class that I was in. I wasn't in a lot, but I was in one because I remember it was only three of us in there. Mm-hmm. And we got picked up on a special bus. Like, everybody else had to ride home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you were in the gifted class. <laughs> but that, but that, that's a great story, though. There's so much room on this bus. <laughs> the, the fact that you learned chess at that age, but it's almost like, the way you figured it out, they kind of could have just gave it to everybody, and we all could have been playing chess and learning. And because chess does activate your mind, it, just, it truly just, does. So why did it stick to you? Mm. Um, if I can get a little ethereal, yeah. Yeah, I got SAT words too. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were things that the creator and the ancestors just gave me. Like we talk about this book, I was just the vessel this book came through. I didn't write this book. I'll be very, a lot of this was just downloads. Mm-hmm. Um, and something happened. I always into sports growing up. Um, so football, basketball, baseball, soccer, track. I, if it was a sport, I did it. My mom and dad kept me busy. So I stay out of the boost. Um, but there was nothing in this world that I did. If I wasn't automatically good at it, I quit. Mm-hmm. So I played football cause I was fast and I was big. It was easy for me. I played basketball because I could jump, I could dribble, I could shoot. It was easy for me. I didn't really play baseball very long because hitting the fastball is one of the hardest things you can do. And so if I had to work at it, nah, um, I'll put that bat down. I'm good. I could throw you out from left field, but I don't know how to hit. So nah, soccer, eh, mm, that's too much running. I went, I wasn't that good at it naturally. Nah, chess was the first thing that I ever saw that I wasn't automatically good at that I didn't want to quit. And I don't know why. It's something about it grabbed me. You know, when you're growing up and you see things that you are, haven't been exposed to, we always thought chess was this far off thing that you saw, maybe a Sherlock Holmes movie or in some of these big movies where the rich people sit around it. And let's be honest, the rich white people yeah. sit around and do what they do with behind these boards. So it was always this rich white people's game. Um, so it's nothing we ever even thought, yeah, I could do this or I'm interested <coughs> in or what have you. Um, but the moment I was able to sit down and touch the pieces and look at the pieces and feel the pieces and see how they move and watch how they work together. And I'm like, wait, this is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, you know, somebody put a ball in LeBron's hand and he just took to it. You know, somebody, you know, put a ball in, in Mike Vick's hand and he just took to it. Well, somebody put a chessboard in my hand and I just took to it. Mm-hmm. I, we can't really explain it, but it, it's, it's from somewhere outside of ourselves. So. Why was jumping ahead? Can you introduce the book to the people? You know what I'm saying? I can. Yeah, just I can. don't title what it is. Like you're just overall concept of the book. If so you're selling it. The book is called Name of the Game, Chess in Real Life. There's a camera. It's um, your camera right now. That's my camera. Which is my camera? That's your that's, that's your <clears throat> name of the game. Chess in real life. Um it is on Amazon right now. We can get on to that later. Uh but the concept is again, it ain't mine. This is I'll give you the story. As I was going through all of this, my wife and I run a, a nonprofit called No Stones Youth Movement, uh, NSM. Uh, one of the uh, babies out of that movement is TSK Prep, our high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've been running the school for eons. And part of the program that we do, we teach chess at the school. This actual full semester course that the children have to take. 
Um, but to get to that point, I was trying to feel like, how did I get this chest program? I, I, this chest thing, what I'm supposed to do, I don't know. I don't know. And so literally I hear the ancestors and the creator like, Hey, we got something for you. And I'm like, where? It's like, uh, look, we're going to give it to you if you want it. If you don't, no love lost. We'll still love you. We'll, we're just going to give it to somebody else. Um, and I'll tell you how it worked. Work call center. Used to work at AT&T. And they closed down the spot that I worked in. So we get some money, you know, package, da, da, da. And a friend of mine, a couple of us sitting around talking about what are we going to do with this money? What are we going to do with this money? And we decided. <laughs> that hey, little severance that gets you. Yeah. You know, so yeah. You worked that last month and not fucking there it is. And I had been there eight, nine years. So our service was mm-hmm. pretty decent. Um, and we decided we're going to put a video game spot. Consoles and going to land them and click them all together and just the whole nine. And I'm going, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Let's do that. You know, it'd be really cool if we could put it on a truck and just have that thing running around the city like a mobile gaming unit. And we all was kind of like, ah, that'd be fun. But we, two months later, what do I see? Out of mobile truck. A mobile gaming truck. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, we really spoke that into existence, <clears throat> yeah. huh? Okay, all right. So when this one came down and Ancestors was like, hey, you remember that gaming truck thing? Yeah, yeah, we had, we had to give it to somebody else because you didn't want it. But we got something else for you. And I was like, whoa, 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 okay, what's this one? Eh, it's chess related. I'll take it. Like, this is yours. Now, if you take it, you're going to have to go through it all the way. You can't bullshit with it. And I was like, cool. Like, give it here. I'll do it. And name of the game was born in concept. Playing a video game, old school Xbox. On the old school Xbox is the original big green box monster, they called it. Mm-hmm. You could download onto the hard drive any music you wanted. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you mm-hmm. could listen to your own soundtrack by playing Madden playing? or yeah. whatever you were playing. Um, and so I'm sitting there and I've downloaded um, all my CDs or what have you, CDs. Uh, <laughs> and I'm playing some racing game, Project Gotham Racing, I think it was called. And song comes on. And I hear this song and I just literally stop. I literally pull my little race car over to the side of the road on this virtual road and I'm like, what the hell was that? And I went back to see which track it was, and it was a track by Talib Kweli off the Reflection Eternal LP called Train of Thought. And the song was called Name of the Game. Mm. And I went, so I immediately went back, pulled the CDs, run it again. And for the next hour and a half, I just sat there listening to this song, just listening to this song. And the first lyrics of the song go, the name of the game is persistence, dedication, consistent motivation, resistance to stagnation and information. And I really couldn't get to the rest of the song because there it is. Consistent motivation, resistance to stagnation and information. Distributed free to the entire population. No hesitation, making no conversation from corporations. I really had a hard time getting to that part because the first five lines caught me so hard. And what I began to realize, again, this was the ancestors going, we told you we got something for you. You're looking for a concept for your chess program? Here it is. And I realized that the pieces on the board began to correlate to this song. Mm. And so name of the game, Chess in Real Life, was born. Each of the uh, these pieces that we're looking at on the board correlate to one of what we call the five pillars of name of the game. Persistence, dedication, consistent motivation, resistance to stagnation, and information. Our belief is that if we can apply those five principles to our everyday life, it, literally chestnut checkers. We we playing on a whole different level at this point. I love it. You mean like the Nguza Saba for chess. You for, know for, trill. <laughs> yeah, for trill. For like, trill, it like, is. I like that. Now, have you ever met Talib? So, uh, no. Okay. Um, I've been close. Okay. I've been close. Um, my daughter, Ebony, 
uh, was a graduate of Johnson C. Smith University. Uh, she worked in the sports management program and she would work with the CIAA tournament up there every year. Um, on her graduation cap, uh, when she was getting ready to walk the stage, she sent me the picture and said, Hey dad. And it had the name of the game is persistence, dedication on her cap. And I was like, yo, that's dope. So I tweeted it. I sent it out and I was like, yo, shout out to Talib Khalid with my daughter graduate from John C. Smith. You know, your words are making a difference. He liked it. Reposted it. Cool. He was at the CIAA tournament that year. And she was like, dad, he's in the next room. I'm trying to get to him. And we just couldn't make the connection happen. So I know he's out there. I know he knows about it. Um, one day, I hope we get a chance to meet. He can really give his seal of approval, quote unquote. I'm keeping a stash for him because wherever it's going, I owe him. Because it's, it's point blank. This is his stuff. Oh, well, he's going to see this clip and be like, hey, brother, hey yeah. what's up, brother? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, We're going to make yeah, I'll be that's on his podcast up. next. But yeah, that's, that's one of the people I give homage to for this program. Because uh, it is literally a universal thing. I don't do this by myself. I just don't. Um, there is one more person that really had uh, an impact on how name of the game came to be. And this one I did meet virtually um, a brother by the name of Adisa Banjoko. Um, mm-hmm. He's out of the West coast, um, avid chess player, high ranking uh, chess master, um, was also a Brazilian jujitsu artist. And he started a group called the hip hop chess federation. Um, it's himself, DJ Kubert, RZA from Wu-Tang, and a couple of other people. And they got together and they would teach kids um, in the Bay Area. So one of the things that he would do uh, as part of his give back to the community is he would go into Pelican Bay, playing Brothers Behind the Wall. Um, said he tells the story of hey, he would go back there and sometimes, you know, he would do his thing. And oftentimes they would beat him. Mm-hmm. And he said to himself, man, these kids are some, or these dudes, rapists or murderers, arsonists, dope boys, assault, that these are some really good chess players. The problem is they were never able to take the lessons off the board and use them in real life, which is why they were locked up to this day. Playing checkers. Playing checkers mm. on the chessboard. Mm. So I said, well, if we could get in front of this, if we don't wait till these kids get locked up, if we could start teaching them the principles of chess now and having them use them in real life before they get incarcerated, before they get into this system, before they get behind the wall, then maybe we can make a difference in how this thing operates. Uh, fortunately, I was able to connect with him through another friend, CA, the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were a, on Shout the DM. Shout out to CA. CA. Uh, and I was like, yo, is this like Adisa the Bishop Banjoko? And he was like, yeah, out of California? Yeah. And I told him the story. I was like, yo, you have helped me start a chess program. You didn't even know it. And he was like, I should send him the curriculum, what we do. And he was like, dude, this is dope. You got my blessings. Keep going. So, uh, those are two people that have been really instrumental in making this happen. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, <clears throat> so, first of all, everybody, as you can see, the book got a lot of gems, a lot of information. I bought five. I'm encouraging everybody <laughs> else to buy at least one. But now, buy at least two. Buy one for yourself and one for a young person that needs yeah. it. That's the challenge. Yeah. And, and what's the best way for them to support you and buy it? Is it the Amazon? Is it a direct link that they need to hit you on? Like, yeah. we're trying to support the artist. You know, uh, thank you for that. Um, I I go straight, go straight through Amazon. Uh, we do book signings here. Um, and so we'll uh, we'll be at Madhu Bookstore at Greenbrier Mall. Shout out to Madhu. Uh, Mama Mia on the 17th of February. Um, we'll have books there for sale, so you, you'll be able to get it in Madhu Bookstore. Uh, we're looking at other outlets around the city to be able to run it as well. Um, but, of course, getting on the, the list at, at Amazon, it's going to boost how it moves. And I tell people all the time, thank you. Like I told L, L bought five books. And I'm like, brother, thank you. Um, you pour into me when you do that. 
And so now what I want is for you to read the book because that's me pouring back into you. So it's it's reciprocal. Uh, you asked for too much. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm gonna definitely grab me. <laughs> I got you though. But for real, we're telling we're telling everybody to buy the book yeah. and support. Not only because I know it's a great book, but it's a great author. I know that for sure. I appreciate it. Uh, you got a passage in the book or something you want to just drop on us? Uh, man, I'm just going to random open. You know what? That's funny. Okay, so random open to this page. This is how the ancestors work with me. Um, this chapter is called You Are Not an Orange. And I won't even have to read the whole passage. I'll just kind of give you a, an excerpt from it. You're not an orange. Um, you are not an orange. Um, and the quote, uh, every every chapter begins with a particular quote that I, that has to deal with what we're talking about in the chapter. Um and the quote is from a guy by the name of Rabbi uh, Melwani that says, the wise respond, the foolish react, the wise think and then act, the foolish act and then regret. So in the chapter, You Are Not an Orange, uh, it tells the story of a, a guy by the name of Wayne Dyer. You might know him. He's a, um, pub, he's, a he's passed away mm-hmm. since, but he's a motivational speaker. Uh, he's spiritual. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Spiritual yeah. guru type dude. Uh, real cool cat just watching him. Yeah. And he tells a story of he's um, at one of his talks and he had a uh, fruit on stage and he mm-hmm. put the orange in his hand and he asked the audience, okay, what's inside of here? If I squeeze this, what comes out? Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. 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 And so a little girl goes, well, orange juice. And she was, he was like, you're right. And he, she looked at him like, that's a dumb question. Why would you ask that? It's orange. And he says, okay, well, so apple juice is not going to come out? No. Not not grapefruit juice? No. It's orange. Orange juice is going to come out. Well, that makes absolute sense. And he begins to parallel that to our lives. That whatever's inside of you, with, when the pressure's on, because you're like, if out. I stomp on this orange, uh-huh. what comes out? If I throw it against the wall, if I yell at it, yep. if I push it, he said, what's inside you comes out, yep. regardless of what regardless. happens. Regardless. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that, that's, I was, it's a dope. That's that's the hit on that. The the parallel into the chess world on that, and the reason it's entitled You Are Not an Orange, is because we don't have to succumb to that. We are, are blessed as beings on this planet that, like the pawn, the pawn is the only piece on the board that can change into any other piece it wants Which to change. Which one a pawn for the people that don't the know? people who don't know. There you go. The that's smallest, your first move? That's that's it. All right. We playing. It. <laughs> we play a Malcolm X rules because on a general chessboard, white always gets to move first. But uh, but no, on our chessboard, yeah, yeah right, right, we doing Malcolm X. Malcolm and X this rules. ain't white. If you can't see, y'all, this is uh, light skin. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they got a they got Malcolm X color. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Malcolm X board. All right, boom, boom. But so the yeah, first ones are your pawns. The first ones pawns. are your pawn. And if you're able to get one of your pawns to the other side of the board. It can change into whatever piece it wants to change into. Mm. So it no longer has to be an orange. You don't have to, because your dad left you and wasn't around to help raise you, you don't have to hold on to that inside you. Because your mom didn't have enough money to send you to a particular school, you don't have to hold on to that. Because you got laid off, because you got fired, because you got divorced, because you got sick, you don't have to hold that. Just you can get change to the that. other side. Just get to the other side mm. and become that thing that you want to be. So that that's why that title, uh, the chapter is entitled "You Are Not an Orange." I like okay. that. I like it. I like I'm it. about to dive into this book. Just get to the other side, brother. Get to the other side. To, like to the principles, this is why the pawn represents persistence. Okay, let's keep breaking down. Well, let's, we let's, are let's we, run them. we, we are already here. here. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set it up on the pillars. Um. Oh yeah, you're strong. Bang. 
All right. So you're looking at the different pieces of the board. This is your pawn. This is your rook. This is your knight. This is your bishop. This is your queen. And this is your king. Now, in name of the game, the correlating pillars are persistence, dedication, consistent motivation, resistance to stagnation, and information. So, of course, you see we have five uh, five pillars, but six pieces. We'll get into that in two seconds. Um, but each of these pieces carries one of those pillars because of the way that it operates. Mm-hmm. So you've got the pawn. The pawn is the only piece on the board that cannot move backwards. All it knows is forward, forward, straight ahead. That's it. But that's persistence in a nutshell. That's what we do. Right. Persistence don't turn around and look and say, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. It's also the most numerous piece on the board. You'll see you have eight of them that start the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason that is, is because the pawns realize everybody ain't going to make it. They're built for sacrifice. That's one of the things that they know, hey, I might not make it to the end. She might not make it to the end. But if one of us gets there, we can change the entire game. And that's how it operates. Grandmasters, which is the highest ranking you can get in chess, will hold on to a pawn like their life depends on it. When we talk about the chess, not checkers things, here's one of the things that gets me. You'll hear people go, oh, they treat you like a pawn. Oh, they just they playing him like a pawn. Mm-hmm. Whenever I hear anybody say that, I they know don't they, know they don't chess. know how to play chess. Mm. Um, I say that <laughs> <laughs> because there, there is a, a chess master from the 18th century. His name is Francois Philidor, um, and he coined the phrase "pawns are the soul of the game." And so, what that means, and what that the understanding is, we understand that they're going to get lost in the shuffle. They're going to be sacrificed. But when the game gets towards the end, when all of this other stuff is cleared out, if you're able to have that pawn hold on and get it to the end, it changes how everything goes. So we ain't just throwing pawns out there like they don't matter. No, they're actually one of the most vital pieces in the game. Mm. Next piece you got is your rook. Uh, the rook is shaped like, what do you see? What do you think? If I look at that and tell you, what does that look like? Like a castle. It looks like a castle. Mm-hmm. It looks like a castle. The rook that, uh, represents dedication. Mm-hmm. It's one of the last pieces in the chess game you generally want to move. It's built for protection. Its job primarily is to protect the king. Um, and so you don't really want to drop your rooks out real early in the game. But that's dedication. Dedication is not easily moved. If I ask you to, all right, hook up your uh, Ford F-150, take this mobile home and tow it down to Florida. Could you do it? Yeah. Yeah. It'd take a minute, but you could. Now, if I ask you to go across the, the pond, that the English call it, over to France and one of those old castles that was built in 487 A.D., and push it one millimeter to the left, could you do it? Probably not, because those things are built to 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 withstand whatever. Mm-hmm. That's dedication. If you're dedicated to your craft, if you're dedicated to what you're doing, you're dedicated to this podcast. Mm-hmm. I can't say, hey, you got this podcast going, hey, let's go take a trip, let's go hang out with you guys. Not during my show, not when I got a, a run coming. Let's go watch no. the game. Let, that's the, the game, nah, the right, game on. Game on. Ah, I got stuff to do because you're dedicated to it. You can't be easily swayed from that. Right. So that's how dedication works uh, on the chess realm. That's the rook. It's like your bottom. That right. it is. You, right. you, you get it? Gotcha, <laughs> that's gotcha, exactly gotcha, it. Gotcha, gotcha. The next piece, that is the knight. It is my absolute favorite piece on the board, hands down. Now, I love the knight because it is the only one that does not move in a linear direction. Every other move is straight line. Either you go forward or you go side to side or you go diagonal. Not the knight. The, the knight has to move three squares in an L shape. So you move two squares in one direction mm. and then one square in another direction. Like that. Yep, as long as there's an open space. So you yeah. can go like two forward right. and then one to the side 
There it is. And that's where you'd stay. Mm, oh. okay. It's also the only piece that doesn't need a clear path of sight. It's the only piece that can jump. That's why it's shaped like a horse. Mm. It, it, ah. <laughs> so this is why it represents consistent motivation. We don't see hurdles. Consistent motivation does not see excuses. You find a way or you make one. That's the night's job. It's going to get over it. Hey, I got a problem. Get over it. I ain't got no money. Get over it. Our equipment failed. Get over it. Uh, our artist didn't show up. Get over it. We don't deal in excuses when it's consistent motivation. You find a way and you get it done. Mm. I have a friend of mine. We used to play a lot. Um, and he would sacrifice his most powerful piece, his queen, to get both of my knights off the board. And I asked him, I said, well, why would you do that? I was like, that's your queen. He was like, ah, I watched you play with the knights. He said, it's the most awkward piece on the board. He said, you use them like nunchucks. He was like, now, nunchucks are like, <laughs> if you ever try to throw some nunchucks and you don't know what you're doing, you'll yes. knock yourself out. Yes. Yes. But if you master them, us one of Ain't those. Nobody gets hey, man, Can't shout, nobody get you. Shout out to my brother, man. My little brother put in some nunchucks <laughs> the day of the competition, went third place. Naturally, it was just yeah. wooden Ooh. nunchucks. Wooden God. nunchucks. So I'm telling you, man, shout out to care. Your brother got gifts. Yeah. <laughs> so that's consistent motivation. Um, the bishop. In the, in the old school, now this is, what you're seeing is the European variation of this game. Um, back in the original Persian variation of this game, uh, these were called viziers or advisors. Um, in the original African version of this game, in Sikot, uh, that's what they were called as well. So people always talk about, is this a, a white game? Eh, if you keep peeling back the layers of this thing, um, shout out to uh, the African drum. It's a, it's a chess website, uh, the chess drum, I'm sorry. Uh, that talks about the history of black people in chess. It's a beautiful site uh, conducted by a doctor out of Florida A&M uh, University. Um, so go check that site when you get a chance. But the bishop, uh, what we call the assassins, this is we call them the snipers. Because if you look at them kind of where you are, they look like big pawns. It's hard to see them sometimes. Uh, so they get lost in the shuffle a lot. And I've watched a lot of chess games end because somebody went, oh, I didn't even see that bishop back there. Oh, how did I miss that bishop? This is, represents resistance to stagnation. It's a warning shot. Resistance to stagnation says, hey, don't get comfortable. The moment you get comfortable, life will teach you lessons that you may not be ready to learn. Uh, so you always have to continue to move, continue to push to be your best, um, continue to grow. Right. So I'm watching your podcast and I've seen where y'all have come from since the days of Black Man Lab and where you're going and I'm, you know how you continue to grow. This is great. Can't stop here. It's got to continue because the moment you get comfortable here, life is going to come in and be like, ah, I ain't even see it sitting back there in the corner like that. We got picked off by these up and coming podcasters that don't have half the talent we got. I love that. I love that. It's true. Question. Yes. Um, I didn't hear how my rook moved. I didn't see. Oh, good call. So uh, we talked about the pawn moving they directly move forward. forward. The, the knight is L. Yep. The uh, rook, if you look at the top of it, it makes a little cross, like the two slashes going up and down and the two slashes going side to side. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how it moves. Mm -hmm. It moves forwards, backwards, and side to side. How many places? As far as it wants to go, as long as nothing's in its way. Mm. Um, so nobody can jump except the knight. Only the knight. You're picking this up pretty quick. Okay. Uh, only the knight. That's the only piece that can jump. Now, the, the bishop, the assassin, the sniper, uh, it moves diagonal. You'll see you have one on each color. You have what we call the light square bishop and the dark square bishop. They'll never leave their color. They're going to stay on that diagonal the entire game. 
It can go forwards, backwards. As long as it stays on that color, you're good. And it can go as far as it wants to go so, as long as nothing's in its way. So this one is on a light square, so it's, it can stay on light square. Yep. And this one, the dark square. It's going to stay on the dark square. How do you not mix them up? Because it'll never leave. If if you look up and something has left its color or as a bishop, the, the, something happened in the game and the game has to get tossed. Yeah, somebody cheated. Somebody cheated. Just call it what it is. Okay. Or somebody made a mistake. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard a dude say the other day, never attribute to malice what you can attribute to incompetence. So, gotcha. Um, so that's your bishop. The queen, hands down, is the most powerful piece on the board. It's not even close. She moves a combination between the rook and the bishop. So she's forwards, backwards, side to side, and diagonal. As far as she wants to go. So she does. She want to do whatever it. she want to do. Yeah, that ain't my type of woman. Um, <laughs> that, ain't my, that ain't my queen. <laughs> well, check how she runs them. Because she is the most powerful piece on the board and she has literally all the power. Um, she represents information. Because for us at Name of the Game, information is the most powerful thing you can have. The only thing that separates you from where you want to be compared to somebody else, uh, I ask people, if you want to be in television, what separates you from an Oprah? If you want to be on the court, what separates you from a LeBron? If you want to be um, in tech, what separates you from a Robert Smith? Um, the only thing that they have that you don't is information. They got information you ain't got yet. They know particular people you don't know that. They have uh, learned things that you haven't learned yet. It's not about you being smarter. It's not about them being better. It's not about them being more talented. They simply have information you ain't got yet. So go get the information and use it to the best of your ability. Mm. That's our queen. Now, again, we talked about persistence, dedication, consistent motivation, resistance to stagnation and information. But we got a sixth piece. Five pillars, but six pieces. Yeah. This is your king. Right. King represents you. Mm. She is hands down, unequivocally, the most powerful piece on the board. But he's the most important. So if you look at the way your board is set up, we'll use the white side of the board at this time. All light of these skin things, side. Light skin side. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to uh, my drakes of the world. Um, <laughs> so you see the the pawns, the rooks on the corners, then the knights and the bishops and the queen. So that's your persistence, dedication, consistent motivation, resistance to stagnation and information all surround you. It is set up to make you the best you you can be. Man, because this man, yeah, he, he this man good. The reason we make the distinction that the, the king is the most important piece on the board and why you have to find yourself in that is because that's the whole goal of the game. When you're the king, that that's that's the difference between chess and checkers. Chess, checkers is about getting stuff. Get the piece, get the piece, king me, king me, get on. To, right. But in chess, you can have an entire game and no piece ever leaves the board and the game still ends because the focal point is here. So when we holler about I'm the king, understand you got a target on your back. Yeah. The moment you put that title on, is that's, that's on you. And so at this point, you can watch a game unfold. Your pawns can fall. Your rooks can go. Your knights can flip out. Your assassins, your bishops can leave. Even your all-powerful queen can get captured. And the game goes on. But if you ever lose yourself... Game over. Checkmate. That's it. Mm. And this is name of the game, Chess in Real Life. <laughs> <laughs>
No, I like that. I like, and, and another reason why I like that is because, um, I, and shout out to the, to the site, the chess drum. Um, cause I saw the episode too. They were debating what, what young guru said about chess. Uh, he said it wasn't about life. Oh. That chess is just a strategy game. Okay. So everything you just said is really just combated that. So I'm, I'm glad you was able to express that because some people out here don't see yeah. the life in the chess. So, you know, and I love how you just broke that. So down. break down the difference between a checkmate, a check and then a checkmate and then gotcha. life analogy. Gotcha. And, um, so everybody here play Uno? Oh yeah. yeah. We all get yeah, right. We all do. So, yeah. um, so you gotta so call it. When you get to the last card, you gotta say Uno. Uh-huh. And why do we do that? Yeah. You can win. I don't like it because it's really giving everybody else a warning. That's yeah. exactly what it is. It's a warning. Say, hey, I'm down to this one card. And if y'all ain't got no draw four in that thing, I finna go about this thing. So check is the warning shot. Check is the warning shot that says, hey, check your king. You in trouble. And if you don't do something about it, this game is going to be over real quick. Mm. Life gives us checks all the time. It's no different than the than the light that comes on in your engine light. We get checks every day. Our mamas check us. Our girls check us. Our children check us. Our jobs check us. You know, brother we bump into in the club checks us. We get checks all the time. Now, do we listen to them? Do we watch them? Do we, are we aware of them? Sometimes. It, yeah. So if we're not, that's where the checkmate happens. Damn. Because there are three things that you can do when your king is in trouble. And that's what a check is. You have to attack the king. It, you don't check the queen. You don't check the knight. You don't check a pawn. You can only check a king. So if I'm in striking distance mm-hmm. of your king, that's a check. That is a check. Okay. Now, what happens if you don't say check? Does that mean the game ain't? Here's the, it depends on how you're playing. Ooh. Now, if you're playing official FIDE or USCF, so FIDE is the Federation International Deche, which is the international board of, of chess. So when you see the Magnus Carlsons of the world and the uh, Gary Kasapovs and the uh, Maurice Ashley's of the world, the Nepos, these are people who are under FIDE. That's how you get your rankings. Um, If you're playing there, you cannot move a game forward if somebody's in check. You have to do what we call resolve the check. So if I know, all right, my king is in trouble, I have three options. And name of the game, we call it CBA, capture, block, avoid. So I can either... Capture the pieces causing me the problem. I can block the check from happening or I can avoid it by running away with my king. If I'm in check and I can neither capture, block, or avoid it, then that's where it turns into a checkmate, checkmate. and the game is over. Mm, okay. That's dope. So what about when the game of chess is put on the clock? Oh, that's So right. one of my favorite movies uh, Samuel Jackson. Fresh. Fresh. The greatest <laughs> chess movie of all time. Uh, it's one of the best movies. You put movies, him on period. the clock. I chew his ass I up. I chew his ass I up. I chew his <laughs> ass up. <laughs> put him on the clock. Put him on the clock. <laughs> yeah. So, so break that down, the difference between that and. First thing, if you have not watched Fresh, go watch that yeah, movie. Yeah, go watch Fresh. <laughs> great movie. Man, that um, little little. He was, he was <laughs> strategy beyond strategy. Right. Um, so to Young Guru's point, when he talks about oh, chess ain't life, it's just strategy. But what else is life than strategy? Mm. If you ain't strategizing through this thing, what are we doing? Mm. Um, yeah. The fact that we can use this as an analogy or as a metaphor for it, great, good. If that helps people get to it, all right. Uh, but I'm not going to discount it because life is strategy and strategy is life. I just love how you call Fresh one of the greatest chess movies, though. Like, well, yeah. Well, what's so crazy, 
I watched Fresh and loved it without knowing how to play chess. Right. Yeah. So now that I play chess, because if you look at what Fresh were doing at the end, he was sacrificing puns. Yep. Uh-huh. He would got. Yep. Yeah, he was a pun that turned that to a turned kid. into a yes he did. Come on, man. <laughs> now your shit coming out. <laughs> it'll, it'll take me long. It'll take me long. It'll take me long. Yeah, like that. I just seen it. Because he went through a lot of shit. He did. He, yeah, did. he went through a lot of shit, he man. Absolutely did. Damn. Um, and that's one of the keys of, of chess and life. You got to sacrifice. There's going to be some sacrifice made. Sometimes it's going to be you. Sometimes it's going to be things you love. But if you're trying to get to a particular spot, um, that's that's black thought. You know, tell you one lesson I've learned. If you want to be something in life, you never get to it without a little bit of sacrifice. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. And so watching um, Michael and Fresh, the, that was the character's name, how he manipulated the board, not the board here. Mm-hmm. But the board out there in the streets, right. the board out there in his neighborhood, the board out there with his father and his sister and the dope dealers. And the it was it was masterful. Absolutely yeah. masterful. Great movie. Yeah. Very movie. We need to do. We, matter of fact, we need to do a screening and book signing. We should, we should do a screening. I would love to do that. We yeah. dope. I damn that, do that would be dope. I would damn oh, that. man. That movie. So Our church folk, you know what I'm saying? It's a real movie. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's got, it's got some language. It's, it's got language. Some little, it's a, little violence. It's, but a, it's a good movie. Though. Yeah, it is. Let's set it up. Yeah, let's do that. Done there. That's, that's I, done. I find a venue and we'll just do it. Uh, and then we'll do a Q and A after. For sure. Yeah, boom. Sure. Boom. Sure. boom, boom. All right, man. Put your piece back on the. Oh, but back, back about the uh, time. The though. time. Yeah, yeah. So and life. on the clock. Um, we do uh, a session in name of the game in our course that we run. It is a whole different game. Chess games can can last years. Yeah, because I know the, there's movies where they were like, yeah, we've been playing that for. Five years, yeah. just his move. Yeah, right? I've yeah. seen that. It's called correspondence chess. They would send letters back and forth before internet and the whole nine, and you would literally write down your position move. All right, if I'm playing somebody in Germany, I send a letter to the Air Force Base in Germany, and it says D4, and they know, okay, they're going to move their pawn. I'm, he's playing with his board over there. I'm playing with my board in the USA, and I got to wait for his letter to come back, and then I'll see what his move was, and we'll just keep playing like that. <laughs> when you get on the clock, though, Sam Jackson said it is a whole different ball. Chew his ass up. Because it doesn't give you as much time to contemplate, think, analyze, which has benefits and drawbacks. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my biggest problems in life, um, and a lot of us suffer from it, is the paralysis of analysis. Mm -hmm. That we will overthink the hell out of something. Mm-hmm. All right, so I got to get this done. Now I got to get it this way. But if I want to do it this, all right, I got to. How what happens if I do this? All right, well maybe I should do it this way because if that happens, then I, and I'm sitting here, and six months later, I'm still analyzing how to get this book out. You sit down and write the book. Mm-hmm. Just go do it, and then let's see what happens. At some point, you're gonna have to execute on it, and that's what the clock does. The clock doesn't allow you to sit there all day and just think, 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 think. At some point, you're gonna have to make a move. So whether it's do I propose to this woman right now? You know, do I change jobs? You know, do I quit altogether and go be an entrepreneur? At some point, you got to stop thinking about it because the clock is ticking. The clock is going and we ain't got all day. (laughs) Eventually, the the, uh, hourglass sand is going to run out and you lose chess games like that. I've watched games that happen. Best position. You got all the power pieces. My son is an expert at it. He's not the greatest chess player in the world position wise. But he plays with such speed that he puts the pressure That's on his my opponent teacher. with the clock. Uh, my teacher. <laughs> and I've watched it. We did a, a school tournament um, 
where we had basically had a draft and a salary cap and the whole nine. We're teaching them kind of the economics of sports through chess. And so they selected their teams. They had their own little websites. They had to set up their practices and da, da, da. And so they would get points based on what their teammates did. Oh, by the way. Oh, thank you. Oh. Um, and so his team went undefeated in the season, not because they checkmated a lot of people, but because nobody could keep up with their speed. They would run out of time. And so they just beat people on speed. Wow. This is life. Some people are really good at what they do. And some people just execute. No, I'm not, may not be the best uh, IT person in the world, but I got off my ass and I did it while everybody else was talking about it. And and what's so crazy that you say that in this book coming out in this day and age, Mm -hmm. I feel like now more than ever, that's what kids need to learn. Yes. Because I mean, hell we see with content, with podcasts and everything the people who are winning sometimes don't suffer from the analysis paralysis. That's They've it. just been going out there, throwing it out there, seeing what sticks to the wall. Yep. And the more you can get out, the faster you can get it out, the more successful you can be. And you got AI coming on the back. So on the back of that, AI is moving just as fast. Check. Yeah, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. He's sitting there like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> to mess you up that quick. <laughs> look, I went down, looked up, said, this brother went about three pieces, and it's already checked. <laughs> but, that, but that's – now, since you've been playing, mm-hmm. um, how, how how many kids do you have? Four. Four. Four biologicals and my godson, who's not my biological. Um, and they all play chess? Yes. Has any of them came close to beating you? One. One. The oldest. We used to have a bet How can the, the king move again? King moves just like the queen. Forwards, backwards, side to okay, side, cool, diagonally, cool. but he can only move one square at a time. King's a real old guy. That's why you got to be careful with him. Uh, fragile. Gotcha. All right. Um, so you say, my, you my say oldest, uh, Ebony, um, she was my, you know, my oldest is my godson, Jeremiah. Um, and he and Ebony were my guinea pigs. They, they were the first ones. We started, good job. That's a really good job. Um, they're the ones that started with the chess run. And then you have Mahogany, who's my second oldest, um, so let me do this right. Ebony's a graduate of Johnson C. Smith University, HBCU. Mahogany's a graduate of Fort Valley State University. Hey, HBCU. You're a wildcat. I'm a wildcat too. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. All my kids is wild kittens. They're wild kittens. There you go. <laughs> uh, Militia, who is currently a junior at Fort Valley State University. Hey, uh, uh, and then baby boy, your, your chess teacher, uh, Anwar, who is a freshman at Savannah State University. Hey, okay, so, okay, yeah. okay. So, yeah. Shannon Sharp alma mater. Yes, sir. Oh, Shay Shay. Oh, Shay Shay. <laughs> but Militia is probably my best chess player, the junior at Fort Valley, uh-huh. because she's such a methodical thinker. Mm. The thing, now she's very intelligent. All my children are, I'm blessed with that. Um, but the way that she just analyzes, and she's not afraid to, to take the L, that's what makes her really dangerous. So mm. we talk about, you can start, learn a lot about a person by the way they play chess. Mm-hmm. Um. And so she's very methodical in the way that she moves on the chessboard. She loves to play as black because black generally has to respond to whatever white is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But she, I call her a, 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 a constrictor. She's like a, a python. Oh. Because you think you're getting away, but it's she's easy. just reeling you in slower. Mm. And sl- and, it's a, and it is a slow game. It's like, God, would you just... And she's just like, no, just very methodically. And you So she doesn't up, like the clock as much. She doesn't. Mm. She doesn't. Um, but you'll look up and you'll go, how did I get here? 
And like, how is she checkmating me? Where did my queen go? And you have no idea because that's how she moves in life. She, you look up and she's like, where did she get on the Dean's list? Well, I was just about to ask you, have you seen the, your kids chess play show up in life? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I watch militia uh, as an example, because she's the one I, I told you about um, where she is now. She's an education major at Fort Valley state university. And anytime the education department has anything going on around the country, they call militia. Mm. So she's she has positioned herself. She said, the first thing I'm going to do when I get on campus, because she followed Big Sister to campus, but she said, the first thing I'm going to do, she changed her name. Mm. So she was she used her middle name on campus. You know, we get to school, yeah. we yeah. get our imagery. Eldridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> until, until you forget. Right, huh? Right. What'd you call me? Oh, damn. You <laughs> call me Keith, bro. Oh, <laughs> I don't know my new name. <laughs> but she was didn't want to be Mahogany's little sister. She had to make her own way. Uh, and she said, what I'm going to do is the professors are going to get sick of me. Every day she showed up at a professor's office. Hey, Dean, such and such. Just want to let you know I'm here. Hey, professor, such and such. Hey, good to see you again. This hey, you got me on the for a valley too, Oh, boy. man. And so Jesus now Christ. you get it. Yeah, you, you've yeah, been there. Yeah. So she, anytime something goes on, they go, oh, where's militia? Because she's put herself in front of them. That's position. That's what we teach in chess. It's about perspective, position, patterns, and pressure. And she, she's positioned herself beautifully at this school. So now if there's something educationally going on, the first name that comes out of their mouth is the one that put themselves in front of them. And it's malicious. She's on, she was in Florida last year for an education conference as a sophomore. She'll be going to California this year as a junior. She's been to Atlanta. She's just all around because they're like, Hey, we got another conference. Militia, just go represent us. Okay. Free trip. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, so yeah, I watch it. I watch it all the time. I love it's that. a beautiful thing. I love that. Let me go here. Let's see what he does. Now with your youngest, right? Your son, cause he's, he's yes. the only son. Huh? He's the only boy. Now, do you think that? Has something to do with how he played chess? Because they did his, did his sisters teach him. Like who taught him chess? Did you? I taught him. Okay, so you I taught all him. your kids chess. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. And when they play with each other, how do you see? They it? they would beat the brakes off of him, especially mm. militia, mm. Um, because nobody went soft on him. And now we're not gonna take it easy on him. Okay. I didn't go. I didn't go easy on him. That's why no one has ever beaten me. Um, I had a bet in my house. I said, Hey, here's the running bet. If you beat Dad, you get twenty five dollars. If you beat me a second time, you get fifty. If you beat me a third time, you're just better than me. I'm not playing you anymore. So I've never given up the 25. Militia, we were playing a game, and I watched her. And she had me. It was between one of two moves. If she made one move, it was a checkmate. If she made the other move, she let me back in the game. And she literally sat there and contemplated for about three minutes. And she said, I know I've got two moves that are available. And I know one of them leads to the win, but I'm just not sure which one it is yet. And so I said, okay, just, and she made the wrong move, let me back in the game, and I was able to win. Hardest game I've ever played against her, though. Oh, oh. Hardest game. So who was that guy that we just seen play 10 games at the same time? So that, oh, yeah, yeah, what's that? Yeah. Okay. Um, first of all, shout out to everybody in social media who tagged me in that video. I, <laughs> I got about 48 tags. <laughs> Uh, which I appreciate. I know somebody who played chess too. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I, I don't know the brother's name. I believe he's out of Nigeria. Uh, but he is uh, what I think is called a national master. So in the chess world, you have different rankings. You have uh, CMs. Um, then you have what we call national masters, uh, which are you master in your local area. Then you have what's called a um, FIDE master. So that's the next level up uh, that, that they've given you that level of uh, love and responsibility. Then you have your IMs, your international masters. 
Um, and then you have your grandmasters. How the fuck you do that? <laughs> that sniper. She, she's a, she's a beast back there. Now remember, I forgot she could roll. Remember that how your pieces can move though. I forgot she could roll that deep. Yeah, as far as she wants to go. But you have pieces that can do it too. But she can't. Fuck. All right. Keep looking. Um, but the brother that's um, if play, you can find his name, games, yeah. Uh, what that's called is a simul or simultaneous. Tunde Onokoya. Uh, Tunde Onokoya. Yeah. Um, good. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you do with the simultaneous uh, or simuls for those who maybe watch the uh, very good. That's the exact movie you should have made. The Queen's Gambit. She does that in that movie. Yeah. Okay. Simuls are a way to kind of show your your chess prowess, how good you are at what you do, uh, because you have to play multiple people at the same time. It's hard enough. Like I'm sitting here talking to you and I'm playing L. Yeah. And it's difficult enough just to keep my eye on one game. Yeah, because L's gonna stop talking. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then my <laughs> then a low key start talking. <laughs> you're doing you're doing good. <laughs> this is my first yeah. chess game. You know what I'm saying? And it's all a live world. So right, right, right. <laughs> So, I'm trying to think about how many women I don't lie to said. I play. Oh no! And, look, and we doing this just like how they do in the, on the TV. Like the chess gonna be at the bottom corner, so you right, see right. the game going as we talk. So, so concentrating on ten games at a time is difficult. Yeah, that is a hard thing to do. Um, but it is a common thing to do in the chess world, especially for those who are higher ranked. Um, and depending on who you do it against, really makes a difference too. Mm. I have a lot of respect for that brother because I think he did it as a fundraiser for some schools in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I respect that and appreciate what he's doing. I hope yeah, he goes. Chess, chess in the slums. Chess in slums. Chess in slums, yeah. right. So when you when you see things like the movie uh, Queen of Kwatwe, um, which is a true story that, yeah. that they did, um, that that's how it happens. Uh, it's the same way. Um, where are we? Oh. Okay. Check. So Damn. that's called a discovered check. It's not the piece that moved that caused you the right. problem. It's the piece behind right, it. Right, that's fine. I've seen it. Good. I see it. Um, so we, there are people who do simuls. Mm-hmm. Um, I may not like the dude, to be honest with you. I don't know him. So, But he's Magnus Carlsen, who's listed as the number one player in the world. Some have him listed as the greatest chess player ever. His Nobody's had a higher rating in chess than he's ever he's had. Mm. And I've watched him play simuls against multiple people, 10, 12 people, mm-hmm. blindfolded. Yeah. That this dude literally has turned his back, and the only way he knows what's going on is somebody's calling out the board positions to him. They'll say, like, okay, pawn to E4. And he has to remember this game in his head. Damn, and then he's doing that. He's doing that with multiple people at the same time. It's it's outstanding. Yeah, find that video and put it in. Fascinating to watch. He's he's crazy. Yeah, he's he's a he's a savant. He's different. Because like, every time you say that, I'm just thinking about Battleship. That shit was hard enough playing. Grid, grid position. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me, um, give me one of your greatest check moments in life. Uh, oh, that's a that's a good question. That is a good one. Let's see. On or off the board? Let me ask you that. Who <laughs> we talking about off the board? Off the board. We gotcha. on the board here. We talking about off um, the board? Off the board, it um, it didn't involve me directly, but indirectly. Well, one of the best chess stories I've heard, uh, one of my former students, um, young brother from Atlanta. I won't put his name out there because he knows why. Um, but he went off to school, got out of high school, went off to college. And he saw him that summer and he, brother Bobby, brother Bobby, man, good to see you. Da, da, da. We exchanged, you know, pleasantries. How you doing? Good. He said, hey, I wanted to tell you, we talk about on the clock. He said, 
remember that game you taught us called Gone in 60 Seconds? So it's a game we play where it's kind of the reverse of the clock. Most times you hit the clock, you got to speed chess and get it done quickly. Well, Gone in 60 Seconds is a game we play where you cannot make a move for a full 60 seconds. You literally have to just sit there. Even if you know what you want to do, you have to just simply sit there and do absolutely nothing for a full 60 seconds. Once the clock hits 60, then you can make your move. And it teaches you to take your time and think your way through. Because mm-hmm. at the beginning of the game, they're ruling, ah, I know what I want to do, brother, but I want to, ah. But as they get towards the middle and the end, they start seeing, well, I thought I knew what I wanted to do, but let me look at that again. Mm-hmm. And so he comes to me, he said, I hated that game. Most kids do. I literally had them sit on their hands so they can't touch anything while they're playing this. And he said, when I came home from school during the summer, you know, you're hanging out with your folk. Y'all ain't got much to do, especially young black boys in Atlanta. He said, we sitting around, kicking it. And one of my partners goes, as we smoking out or whatever we're doing, hey, we should just go kick that door in. That's how it happens. Just that quick. You kick that door in, grab whatever you can, get up out, kick those. And he said he literally went back to gone in 60 seconds. He said, I stopped. And I started thinking, like, if I could just think for a second, hold on. And one of his partners, while he was thinking, goes, nah, man, we just tripping. Let's just go. He said, we went on to the mall. He said, and that could have been the difference between me going back to school or going to prison. So that would probably be one of my best wins. Yeah. I love love it. nigga. That's how, bro, we all done been in them situations. That's how quick it happens. It happens and just I did because all I need is for somebody to say, "Let's do it." Somebody say, "Yeah," and then we all do it, or they all do it. You watch, but because you there, you with them caught too. up in it. That's it. Yeah. I, I love that. I love it. Now <clears throat> we talked about the kids and the growing up and everything, mm-hmm. but how has Chess helped you in your relationship with with your wife? Whoo! That has been interesting because does she play? She does. That is a very good move. Um, she does, uh, but not as much, um, as let's say, you know, I do with my kids or what have you. Um, she is, if chess has taught me nothing else, um, one of the things we do is we teach you to respond, not react. So that's a very good move, sir. So you can see a situation that happens. And, you know, you walk through the club, somebody step on your shoe. I could smack the fire out of that nigga. Mm-hmm. That's a reaction. Oh, he tried to disrespect me. What am I? Or I could respond. And I could go, my bad, brother. I didn't see you. Now, he stepped on my shoe. But I'm apologizing to him. Because the response says, I need to catch him off guard. I don't need to escalate this anymore because nobody wins in that situation. Mm. Either he going to get me, I'm going to get him. And my goal is for everybody to go home at the end of the night. So how does it work with my wife? Very similarly. If I have to go, you know, something she did that ticked me off, and I go and I react to that, now we escalate this thing. Now she getting mad at me because I've disrespected her. Mm. I'm getting mad at her because, and it just continues to escalate. And now what we think is, what's the African proverb when the elephants fight? It's the grass that suffers. Mm. So now the children are upstairs and they're hearing all of this. So now what are they dealing with? Oh man, mom and dad tripping. What's going on? You know, now, you know, they hear something that happened. They think, oh, dad, I put his hands on mom. And all hell breaks loose because I chose to react. So a lot like my dad in the first story I told you about, mm-hmm. just stay calm. Be like, hey, 
I don't like really like the way you're talking to me right now. Can we bring this backwards? You know, and let's let's have this discussion at you know either at another time or at another level. Now, do I always do that? No. It's just like I don't always make the right chess moves. Um, but I'm a believer that practice makes permanent. And so the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. And so it's it's a she's taught me a lot about practice, about patience, about getting back to the board, uh, and the principles of this game. I can't teach what I don't know. And so if I'm out here teaching name of the game and I'm talking about persistence and I'm talking about dedication and I'm talking about consistent motivation, I'm talking about accessing the information, I'm talking about resisting the urge to, to be still and stagnant, but I'm not practicing any of those things. I'm a hypocrite. What am I doing? This, this book, you might as well wipe your ass with it. Mm. Um, so that's, I guess in a nutshell, that's how it's operated with myself and my wife. Uh, we got married in 1999. We have four beautiful children. Uh, she is the, the brains of TSK Prep. It's actually named after her mother, yeah. Tomosana Kenyama Preparatory Academy uh, of Creative Arts and Media Technology. They would kill me if I didn't say the whole name. Um, so I get to talk about the school, but she really has run that school uh, since 2008 and even before then. All of our biological children have graduated from our school. Uh, my son has never seen the inside of a public school building. The first public school he was inside of was Savannah State University. Um, he's normal people. <laughs> no, no, no. He's de- definitely, definitely he's normal, cool. Right? Yeah, yeah, sure. right. You know, uh, and I want you to talk more about that too. Tell, you know, tell people about the school and, you know, are y'all taking pe- people and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Check. Good move. Absolutely. Um, we are always looking for students. Um, it is an African centered high school, Tom Musana Kenyama Preparatory Academy. Um, we concentrate on teaching what, from what we call a um, an African perspective. So the the concept that she uses, my wife, is if you take the globe right now and go to a general public school, everything sits on Europe. So Shakespeare is everything you learn for, from English perspective. Um, Socrates, philosophy, Plato, um, you know, Pythagorean for math. And well, we take the globe and we turn it on Africa. Mm. And so do we teach Shakespeare? We'll get you ready. But instead of teaching Romeo and Juliet, you're probably going to learn Othello. Othello. Talk about the Moors. Um, If we're talking about math, you might learn about Pythagoras theorem, but you'll understand that he, where he got it from, um, from, from Kemet. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Imhotep. Um, So he doesn't move diagonally. He moves forwards, backwards and side to side. um, What I'm going to do, I'm going to take a picture of this. We about to, I'm gonna send you a letter. We got it. <laughs> I'm gonna send you a letter. Yo, we, we gonna do a correspondence we, game. We gonna stay right here. This correspondence game, game, or y'all tune into our YouTube live. We might do a little live YouTube game. Right, right. I'll be definitely down for that. Um, for sure. First of all, Bobby, man, this has been great. It has been. This has been great. This is my first chess game. I'm you're, playing. You're right doing now. really well, bro. Yeah. So really well. I've always said I wanted to play the game, but I always wanted to learn from you or your son, right. and I've never tried to play. So this is. I get now. I can see why folks are addicted to it. Yes, because I'm sitting here running in my mind like, hey, <laughs> "Fuck it." Got real quiet. Didn't it? <laughs> we got real quiet. Now I'm like, you know what? I got to get the kids back involved too because everything you just explained in the game is like exactly just the times that we are in. Yeah, like th- these are the critical thinking skills. That's it that you need. Like right now, is so much information out here, <sighs> so you can get caught up in that paralysis, but also. 
You can make too quick of a move. Like, yes. You, you, I, I love how you just broke down everything. And we got to have you back on to talk more about like those downloads. You know, so I want to oh, yeah. go deep on that because I, I can tell how you operate. <laughs> it's like, huh? Which, okay, let's do it. Right, right, like, right. Yeah, yeah. And which there's no new idea under the sun. It's right. just, yeah, yeah. I like no, that. Right. I like that. So, look, Bobby, first of all, thank you. That's I love you, brother. I appreciate all you do I for us, you, the people, the community. I'm telling the community now, man, we always, again, this year is for me, if 2024 is a year of the ask. Yeah. I am asking everyone in the community to contribute um, because there's a pro- African proverb that says many hands make light work. Yes, sir. And um, I believe that if we all make that small contribution, we can make a real big impact. And with that being said, we look at these New York time bestseller authors and people that we wish their platforms would impact and do good for the community. Mm-hmm. Now we got an author that's already done that. He's done his part. He's showed his love to the people. He raised his children. He's done his thing. He's a husband. He's a brother. He's a teacher. Now he's an author and it's your time to be a consumer, a supporter, a customer and help build this platform. So we're challenging y'all. The link is in the bio where to buy it on Amazon. I bought five. I'm asking everybody to buy a minimum of two. One for yourself and one for a young person that's playing checkers. (laughs) They need to start playing checkers. (laughs) If I could say this, uh, and again, thank you, brothers. I appreciate y'all having me here. It's been excellent. Um, I I love your professionalism. I love how we're operating. This is, this is fun. I love to see young brothers like, Playing chess. This is great. Dang. Um, so um, one of the things I, I know there are a lot of people that for political reasons or whatever, like I don't deal with Amazon. Okay, that's fine. You can find me on social media, at NOTG Chess, at Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Um, send me a, a DM. Send me an IM. Just, hey, I want to get your book. Where do I get to it? I'll get you a copy. You can go to Madhu Bookstore at Greenbrier Mall. The copies will be there. She only has four right now, but... Come the 17th, we're going to have a lot more there. Um, so, and as much as if you want to follow me on social media, we'll be posting what we're doing, where the book's going to show up. I hope there are a couple of other bookstores. We're talking to some in North Carolina right now, trying to get that off the ground. Um, hopefully we'll do just this whole book tour and we'll just see where it goes. So we'll make sure it gets in your hand. Yeah. Um, don't worry about that. That's what's up. That's what's well, up. Well, done there, man. And look, um, I'm just giving Keith one and I got three extras. So somebody comment on this, uh, YouTube, you know, saying tell us. Your biggest check mo- moment. Yes. Tell us that moment yeah. in life where you were in check and you got out of it. Yeah. Because you made a move. You either blocked it, ran from it, or what? Captured the, the threat. Or captured the threat. Captured the threat. Tell us about like that, that time and we'll give you a book, uh, personally from the Jess Elder Media family. Love so it. look, Bobby, we love you, man. We appreciate you. Make sure y'all support this. We said every week, we love y'all. We need y'all. But most importantly, we can't wait to see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Jess Eldridge podcast. City with T.I. Outcast. And ooh, we everybody know about Atlanta. It's just a cool G. Everybody know about the scammers, about the trappers. And when we living now, it's just that lifestyle. Turn on my podcast. I'm trying to hit it real now. Hit a perspective. We only keep it real now. Every day we on the grind. Sometimes it's hard to tune out the outside. Real things, you know we gon' last, yeah.
kick it back, kick it back, kick it back.